One of the fundamental aspects of a di existence is the concept of an infinite source or absolute nature or unlimited ability, unlimited knowledge, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience. Those concepts often are translated in human endeavors within the context of religions or theology or belief systems. And our discussion is not about jeopardizing our exploration with conclusions that can be in conflict, but simply supposing and rather than opposing things by beginning to see that whatever they are, regardless of what we think, regardless of how we define them, regardless of what we imagine them to be or suspect they might be or need to be to fulfill the ideas we have tied to beliefs and expectations that we feel our life depends on, is to begin to recognize that they are what they are, regardless of what I think, regardless of what you think, regardless of what we think. Nature seems to be doing a very good job throughout the entire universe of doing exactly what it's doing in the exact way it was designed to do it without argument. There don't seem to be any protest throughout the universe over how things are operating. So this seems to be a unique condition to human endeavor, and our endeavor is not to pursue ideas and thoughts that are in conflict, but to pursue them in general enough terms that we can rely on them with absolute certainty. And one way to do that is to think in absolute terms and start to see how stable thinking becomes when those absolute concepts are in fact considered doesn't even take much more than consideration to see that there's an impact on the body and the brain. When truth is true, it doesn't leave a lot of discussion for the brain to try to figure out whether the words that make that up need to be redefined, rewritten, adjusted, put in a different order, um, further explained, and, you know, have added commentary. It's just truth is true. And if truth is not true, then truth isn't true, clearly. And there is no basis whatsoever for truth. But my experience, and I would say a lot of people I've been in this exploration with experience, is that we struggle not with how things are, but how we think they are. And so calling thought into question as being the culprit that defines very often the egomaniacal concepts that evolve that suggest that humans are designed to carry out death and destruction for other humans based on some superpowers guidance is really jumping over the hurdle of looking at what we're actually doing within our own experience to cause us to deny that it's our own actions that are happening that are creating these excuses on such a grand level to make it appear to be too obvious to want to look any further within our own thought process or as or our own interactive intimately interactive capacity, which is always happening between us anyhow.
So if the basis of my thinking is such that I am so ashamed and guilt-ridden for thinking things that aren't true and then believing them to be true, then I am creating a world that I see that doesn't exist except to the fantasy of my own imagination attempting to escape the creation of my own thoughts. And I would not suggest that that's healthy. And I would suggest that humans are unique within the universe as far as we so far know. Even the aliens that seem to come and visit us as we're looking at UFOs and seeing these things and imagining they might be out there, none of them have yet bothered to attack us or to threaten us or to say anything that we haven't done on Earth to ourselves that is much greater than anything we've imagined them doing. Maybe it isn't greater than we've imagined them doing to us, but it's certainly as great as anything that's ever happened by us. And if we are the real culprit that maybe as a collective, as a species, as a united human front, it might be worth discussing things in accurate enough terms to give people the opportunity to begin talking about that rather than all the divisiveness and all the imagined conflicts and all the imagined problems and all the seeming impossibilities of everybody else's wrong while we're completely overlooking what we're each doing individually. And on that basis, just like when mathematicians were struggling to refine algebra, they added the element of the infinite to calculus and developed calculus on that basis to take infinitesimals and smooth out the choppy lines that the points, the XY points in algebra were so good at attaching or directing or connecting. And there was an elegance and simplicity when they did it. Now, the scientists and mathematicians didn't say, we are absolutely guaranteeing you that there is an infinite source. They simply said, when we add this to this function, it actually changes and makes elegant in a simpler way what algebra was attempting to do in a choppier, uh, more um, crude manner. So if we can do that in math, and math is apparently called the universal language. If we can do that in math universally, certainly we could consider that our own thinking could be assisted by considering that concept without agreeing as to whether or not it's true or real, but simply engaging around the idea that there is an absolute, unlimited, all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient source, that thinking is not our source, that thinking about thinking is not our source, but our source is an all-knowing presence that can't be anywhere else than where we are right now. And that's our start point. Imagine that. Contemplate that. And I would suggest that your ability to begin to see that we as beings, human beings, are in a constant meditative state of prayer and meditation, constant awakened state of prayer and meditation, that that is our normal state, that we are very much aware and we are aware that we are aware and we know that we know and what hurts us is acting like we don't. What hurts us is pretending that we're not. What hurts us is posing as something we know better than to imagine we are. And all those impositions are what add up to ego and ego are thoughts about who we are. That's all that ego is. It's a bundle of thoughts about who I think I am rather than contemplating who I must be 
as who you are too, who we must be as a collective. The universe is not arguing over itself. The solar systems are not trying to be bigger or smaller because the one next to it is larger or smaller. The galaxies are not in conflict until they interact. And then as they interact, they interact in a uni union of expression that does exactly what that expression and those things, those molecules, all that stuff that are out there are designed to do. They don't fight over it. They simply interact on a level that they're designed to function in as an engagement that's productive and developed enough to have developed what we have now and consider to be life when in fact life existed well before we arrived here. And what's been going on has been going on as long as it's been going on. So our big ideas about who we think we are have caused many, many problems in the attempt to prove our greatness. And what we have largely been great about is pollution and contamination and aggression. And we haven't solved the problem of starvation and poverty and other things that would seem pretty fundamental to a species that claims to be a higher intelligence. Most of what we do for energy is contamination. And I'm not suggesting this is a position that needs to be understood or agreed with. I'm simply saying that we've pretty much polluted everything on the earth from our own actions. It isn't some outer space th thing that's happening to us. Nothing that's here now has never has been here. Everything that's been here has been here since we got the earth. And everything that's happened to the earth has largely been that's, that's a contaminant has largely been as a result of what we've done. It hasn't come from outer space. We want to run away to Mars because that's pure. And that may be a new option to figure out how, how productive we can be in contaminating another, another planet. But none of those planets have yet inflicted on us any issues that we haven't been able to, that haven't actually helped the planet survive and thrive even including our own sun, which if it were much closer to us would burn us all to a crisp and alive, and yet it seems to do what it does pretty well enough to allow us to continue to function. So my suggestion is, something to consider, is that if we are the root individually at making choices and we are free to make those choices, and those choices are made in ways that have us suspect our own motives and live in a sense that is much less than uh, capacity that we really have, then what we've been doing is dysfunctional. And we've tried to manage the dysfunction rather than really begin to elevate our awareness and start to express what we have as a natural functional capacity between us. I'm not posing those comments about contaminants and pollutants as anything more than the toxic thought we're each doing and pointing out that when we think those toxic things, we act in ways that produce those toxic things so we can claim those toxic things are the problem while we try to ignore our own complicity and responsibility for having caused them. So that's the fundamental basis of the discussion in terms of the absolute. And I will introduce other concepts as we go along that have to do with a relative form of existence, how we interact, opposites, um, Many other things. If you continue to listen, you will hear. I appreciate your willingness to go this far and listen to this much.